Balance of the Pulse Experience, the podcast that takes you on a journey of wellness at the intersection of technology and human experience. I'm your host, Edward Beltran, CEO of Fierce and innovator of Pulse. You know, stress is a very large problem today. It's costing organizations $300 billion annually, not to mention the impact on our people and individuals in our companies. And often, we don't know what's causing our stress. And if we do, we don't know the proper, most impactful way to handle it. Instead, we're used to just accepting stress and managing it at a general level, such as with better diet, better sleep, exercise, or meditation. But this doesn't get underneath the root issues of our stress or eliminate them. And today, there's so much that's required of us in, at both our homes and the workplace that we don't always have the tools to be able to be self-aware and tackle these stressors. However, our bodies, they don't lie. They tell us constantly what's happening. They're responding to our environments, and it's our job to listen. And when we handle these challenges and take them head on, they drive positive results in both our personal and our professional lives. Pulse is our proprietary app that integrates with wearable devices and infuses cutting-edge science to be able to show you who you're with and where you're at when you're experiencing stress by the hour. Then we wrap context around these events by pulling in calendar and GPS data to be able to further drive that self-awareness and more importantly, move into action with either a live coach or the in-app AI bot to be able to tackle these stressors, drive your resilience higher, as well as the outcomes you desire in your lives. We call this biometric intelligence. Our certified coaches walk into every coaching session with these same biometric data and insights to be able to help you identify the themes that are gonna have the most impact on your lives and tackle those toughest challenges. This transformation is the Pulse Experience. Hello everyone, I'm Edward Beltran, CEO of Fierce and Innovator of Pulse. This week, we have Jamie Navarro on, who's been with Fierce as a company for about 10 years. And her current title is Executive Vice President of Marketing and Revenue Ops. She's just been an amazing partner on our journey. And we're actually doing something very interesting. Jamie's actually going to interview me from all the fabulous conversations she's had with clients and customers around Pulse. They always ask a ton of questions around why Pulse? How did this happen? What's the journey been? What is the vision of it? And so Jamie said, you know, Ed, why don't we interview you? And I, of course, said, are you sure? <laughs> right? I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? But here we are. Jamie, welcome. Thanks, Ed, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And I am excited for you to be the interviewee rather than the interviewer this time. I'm excited for us to dive into Pulse today together because this is really something that you have spearheaded inside our organization and the innovation that you have. Um, brought to market. So let's dive in. I want to start with our first question, which is, what is Pulse? And why were you so passionate about creating it? Yeah, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. And first off, uh, it's absolutely a team effort. The origins of it actually started with you and the work that you did. So let's start from the origins and then let's take it to kind of what it's it's become. Back in 2017-ish, right? We mm -hmm. recognized as a company, we needed a sustainability offering or a learning sustainability offering. So after people go through the wonderful content and impact that Pulse, or excuse me, that Fierce presents, it's when they're out there in the real world and then they're, they're in those situations where they need these critical conversations, what do they have at their fingertips? 
And at the time, we had uh, physical notebooks. They're really nice, really nice notebooks. So just like with anything, you put them in your desk or put them on your shelves. And when you're out in the real world, you don't necessarily have those in your fingertips. And you're like, Where, where'd that book go? What did I learn from that? Yeah, I remember. Right. <laughs> so with the great work that you did, Jamie, at the time, talking with our, our customers and just learning about what their needs would be when they're out there and they need us in those moments, we designed a Fierce Connect app. And really what it is, what it, what it is, is, um, is it's a wizard at your fingertips to determine what conversation that you need in that moment. So if you're working with one of your employees, maybe it's providing feedback, maybe it's providing, um, or sorry, moving to a confront conversation, or maybe it's looking at our delegation models. How do we delegate more clearly in a structure that makes the most sense in a dialogue, not a one-way kind of a, a mandate that we know has worked very effectively over the past 20 years? So. As you're aware, Jamie, because you sold this to our, our clients and customers and got them onboarded, they loved it. Conceptually, they're like, this makes sense. It's a beautiful app. It has a nice flow. The feedback was always positive from both our buyers and our end users. The issue that we found, though, was when we looked at the engagement and utilization statistics, it was a lot lower than we would have liked. And it wasn't indicative of people not necessarily having conversations, but not necessarily using the app in their day-to-day as we would have would have hoped. So. As you're also aware, we went out and we just interviewed people. We said, what's happening out there? So you have this wonderful app that you downloaded on your phone. You went through the training. You said it makes sense. Uh, you're giving us positive feedback and, and reviews in our MPS scores. So why isn't this being utilized? And what we found was absolutely fascinating. And it made so much sense upon analysis, which is when you're in these moments of stress, like, oh, my boss gave me one more project. Doesn't he know I have 10 other projects that are, you know, high priority? Or someone says something to you that's a microaggression or you get a bad review. Um, you're in these moments of stress. You're not thinking, let me reach into my pocket, grab out my app and figure out how to optimize this. You're in that emotional moment that's driving up stress. We know this from the work that our chief behavioral science officer, Gabe Belarus, has done. Is you're not necessarily thinking, let me go to the app. So that makes made intuitive sense. Now, with the work that Gabe has, did for us, showing the, the, the connection, the, the data behind people being in these moments and having higher stress levels through heart rate variability, and the fact that we wanted to be with them in those moments, we deployed a connected strategy to say, how do we know? How can we sense when people are in these moments and provide? Provide them exactly what they need and help them drive self-awareness. And so thankfully, I had the opportunity to take a wonderful course through the University of Pennsylvania Wharton called Connect Strategy. And in it, its basic premise is what I laid out, which is how can you sense, how can you predict when your customers need them and provide them exactly what they need in that moment? And that's what Pulse is. Pulse is meant to help people know, drive self-awareness. What's stressing them out? But more importantly, move them into action. What do I do about this? And that's what Pulse, excuse me, that's what Fierce has been doing for the past 20 years, providing those tools. So when the moment of my boss gave me another project, it's being able to engage in a conversation and say, let's talk about prioritizations. And as we know, Jamie, many times managers are busy people, right? They're like that funnel that comes with a or coming sideways and above them. And sometimes they don't necessarily have a line of sight on exactly what the workload is of their employees. So employees, we could intent says, let's create a delegation model. And you both move into a better spot and solve your, solve your, solve your issues. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. So many of our customers and the learners that we impact, they ultimately want behavior change, right? That's what they're that's what they're after. They're after action. And so what I hear you saying, Ed, is with Pulse is it's starting with the self-awareness, right? And it starts with helping people understand when they're challenged. So I'd love for you, if you wouldn't mind, talk about what is that power of self-awareness? Like, why is it so important given what you're sharing about that kind of real-time need? You know, we want to be with people when they're, when they need us the most. Like, how does self-awareness play into that? And what does it unlock if a leader can do that successfully? Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Jamie. So the, the data is absolutely staggering. Um, according to Tatcha Urich, her data states that 95% of people think they're self-aware, but 10 to 15% really are. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, That's what I ask myself. Yeah. <laughs> am, I on, am I on the 10 to 15 or am I on the... Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think I... <laughs> but, 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 but Jamie, that illustrates exactly your question, right? I'm the, you know, I, I've been granted the opportunity to be the CEO of a company and, you know, furthering our mission to better the world one conversation at a time. And if I myself am saying, am I self-aware in this moment? That's what many leaders are going through as well, if they even ask that question. And the important thing around that is this, there's a lot of work around emotional intelligence, right? You're feeling an emotion. And in the workplace, especially nowadays, there's a lot of emotions that we feel, right? And the question, and then, you know, emotional intelligence says, okay, recognize the emotion, and then let's move into more of the logical um, um, execution side of it. Like, you know, let me get past this and move into, um, you know, thinking about it more clearly. The problem with that is the limitation is, are you self-aware on why you're feeling this emotion? So, for mm. example, early in my career, right, emotional intelligence would have said, you're having this feeling with a peer, you know, don't show that anger or whatever it is, but move into the logical side of your brain. But it, which I did successfully, but why did I keep having those feelings? What were those feelings, right? And that's where self-awareness kicks in. And I would have recognized it early on in my career, I was feeling insecure, right? Um, first time in a professional environment, my parents didn't necessarily come from this type of professional environment. It's only made sense that I had insecurities about the environment I was in. So a real big relief valve would have been that self-awareness on feeling insecure. That's the feeling you have for a reason. Let's find some help around this. Instead, I learned to just deal with it and navigate in that for the longest time until I recognized that this is something that the nip. And that's an easy example of many that people face. Why are you feeling this way? Why is your body that doesn't lie reacting this way? Okay. So let's double click on this because this is such rich, juicy um, topic around this concept, because I think so many of us can relate to what you're, you said, Ed, you know, it, you identified it. If you had identified it as you were feeling insecure, then you, then you could have put tools and action around that, right? Like, and I'd love for you to speak to our approach around resilience, because when we build resiliency, we're talking about not just grinning and bearing through it, right? We're talking about so much more, and I'd love for you to share what are we talking about when we talk about building resilience? Like, what is our approach when you have that self awareness? Now, what do you do with it? Yeah, exactly. And, and thank you for that. You know, resilience is such an interesting word, right? And 
reason why is just like I shared with you my story of, hey, I just deal with it and figure out how to be most effective because that's the way I grew up, right? You didn't talk about mental health. That wasn't an issue. I was constantly told, just get back up. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't cry, right? I wasn't allowed to cry, Jim. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's just the yeah, way you come. I up, can. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's real. It's very real. So when I look at this definition of resilience, the 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 traditional definition of it's the opportunity to or you know, capacity to withstand and recover quickly from difficulties or or toughness underlying tough that, that's the way I was raised. You gotta be tough, right? Be tough, you gotta deal with it. And so when I look at the definition, it's still like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate for me because I mean that's the way, you know, I was brought up, but I also know that's not the most effective way to handle your environment, the most impactful way to handle your environment. And when I turn to Gabe Bellarosa, our chief behavioral science officer, uh, this is just tongue in cheek, kind of joking, but I say, Gabe, what's this resilience thing? And he goes, Ed, you're a marshmallow. You could bounce back into shape. Not helpful, Gabe, but thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, where it gets really interesting is the, the data um, from the HBR article that breaks down why you need resilience in the workplace. This is where, to me, the light bulb absolutely went off. Like the number one reason being, I believe 70% of respondents said, when you're diff- dealing with difficult people or politics in the workplace, I think everybody can resonate with that. So when you think about that, just that example, and there's, there's other ones that we, we could talk through, that makes so much sense. So how you handle and how you absorb difficult people in the workplace or politics dictates your uh, physiological response to your environment. But more importantly, what are you going to do about it? We've been doing this for 20 years, which is helping people have the tools to successfully engage their environment. And especially early on in my career, as I mentioned, you know, you just deal with it. That doesn't mean you, you dealt with it the most impactful way. So if you, you get a bad performance review from your boss and you feel like he's just been difficult, your relationship has been strained, do you just walk away and say, okay, thank you? Those feelings are still with you. That's impacting you, right? And what we find a lot in um, the Pulse experience is misplaced stress. It's going to come out somewhere. Hopefully not in your personal life at home with your kids or in a situation where someone says something that is actually innocent, but this is a time for you to, to let that come out. That's not what you want. And so you want to be able to drive that self-awareness on what exactly is stressing me out. It's my boss gave me a performance review that I didn't think was fair. I don't feel he has my back. And then being self-aware around that, but more importantly, what do you do about it in a conducive manner? If you respond angrily, that doesn't resolve your problem. Right? If you go out right. and tell three or four other peers, um, that just raises toxicity in the workplace. And we see many examples of that these days. We deal with this constantly with our clients. Or do you take the skill sets that we're teaching out the self-awareness and engage in it? Hey, boss, you gave me the performance review. I want to talk more about it. I didn't. I don't think I had the opportunity to explore a little bit more. And through that conversation, you have deeper understanding. You have this position of your performance, but maybe you missed something. Or maybe your boss didn't miss something. The whole point is, and as we teach, going with the clear context, going with the intent of enriching the relationship. And what we find 90% of the time, these are just misunderstandings that get clarified very quickly. And you move into that space that has the highest impact on you and the organization. Yeah. And then now the situation is is different. You feel differently about it. You feel differently about yourself. Hopefully you feel differently about your boss and you come out with more skill, more 
what we would call resiliency, right? Would you agree with that? Like that's what we're where we're coming out. We're not just managing through that. We're not just saying like ignore that feeling you have. It's tackle that issue and then come out stronger on the other end. Jamie, thank you so much. Right, this is why you're such a great partner because you help keep me <laughs> kind of focused on um, on these impacts. And you're you're so right. It's it's having that confidence and that feeling, that knowledge that you're going to drive self awareness. Your body's not going to lie, right? Your heart rate and do our HRV um, algorithms is going to tell you surgically where you're having issues. You know you're going to have the confidence to say what's happening there, but more importantly, what do I do about it? And you get into this constant cycle in your life, and that's how resilience is built up. So one of the things that we also talk a lot about, Jamie, is the traditional approaches to resilience, which, um, you know, our exercise, meditation, better diet, those things help. I've been doing them for years. Uh, uh, I imagine you have as well. <laughs> right? Yeah, big fan. Yeah, they, 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 you know, they absolutely help. I, I could see on my resting heart rate, two or three point improvements when I meditate versus when I don't. So they absolutely do. But what they don't do is they don't solve the core root issues of your stressors. And we as an organization, that's what we want to help people with. So that's a great segue for my next question, because something that I've had the opportunity to hear you talk about that I love is, is this idea of using biometrics in building your self-awareness, right? Like athletes have been doing this forever um, and using this to, to help their mental, physical, emotional health. So you and our chief behavioral science officer have kind of come up with a new um, area called biometric intelligence. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how we use Pulse um, in, in building that biometric intelligence? Yeah, absolutely. Biometric intelligence starts with the concept that your body doesn't lie. It's constantly reacting to your environment. And thankfully, um, with wearable devices, they're relatively affordable, $30 to $100 on average. You can get an Apple Watch. I mean, that's way above my my, my pay grade, my affordability <laughs> level. But you can get many different devices and capture your heart rate in real time that then go into heart rate variability algorithms to show you surgically what's happening in, in your day-to-day. So two o'clock on Thursday, your heart rate spikes and you didn't realize it was because you were interfacing with an employee or a peer that you constantly have issues with. So it's driving that self-awareness. But more importantly, what am I missing? What conversation did I miss? Or what do I need to ask in order to address this so it doesn't happen again? Um, when you talk about athletes, we love those parallels because when you think about it, professional athletes, they have... Um, a lot of pressure to perform. And the reality is that the workplace is absolutely no different. And what professional athletes are doing is they're constantly aware of their biometrics, how their stress levels are, are, are reacting before they even get on the field or even on the field. Um, they're constantly looking at their performance, their heart rate, heart rate zone relative to output so that they can make adjustments in real time. Um, they're looking at nutritional out, nutritional inputs relative to output. So many things just to optimize their performance when they're on the field. And again, the parallels are like right there. We are no different. It's, it's, it's not as physical, but the mental aspects are even as high. So for to give you a simple example that I, I've used in the past, I've been an avid road bike cyclist for um, about 20 years. And I do about 100 miles, 120, 150 miles a week. and 
I'm constantly looking at data, not because I'm going on a race, because I'm trying to drive my own self-awareness relative to performance. So for example, many times I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I didn't get a good night's sleep, right? So I roll over and I look at my sleep data and it actually says, no, you actually did get a good night's sleep. So now you got to get up, right? Just looking at that data point shifts my body's response. It's like amazing, right? It's like that acknowledgement, like, you know, no, I actually got good night's sleep. And sometimes it happens on the converse. So I get up, I go out for my my ride, and I might be feeling you know very powerful in a moment, and I have to look down to be able to see my outputs so or my heart rate zone is, even though I'm feeling great relative to where I'm at on the ride, because you could burn out very quickly. And this happens mm-hmm. in the workplace all the time as well. You're like I feel great in this moment, I'm ready to go. It's only Monday, <laughs> right? So right. right. <laughs> I love writing is because the parallels are so tightly integrated with what we do with the workplace and how you recognize what you're responding and doing to be able to make real-time adjustments. And because it makes the world of a difference both on both on resilience as well as your performance. So biometric intelligence is a wrapper that Gabe Delarosa, our chief behavioral science officer, and I have been working on that leverages the great work that psychologists and other people doing work in this space have done around bio, uh, excuse me, around emotional intelligence and self-awareness and performance management. And it puts a wrapper around it to make it very simple. That starts with your constant readings from your body to be able to leverage all these fantastic tools and um, approaches that, that have been done, just like Pierce has done in the last 20 years and how you interface with folks in order to drive the outcomes that you truly desire. And we're calling this biometric intelligence. I love that. I think something that I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit on that same idea, talk just a little bit further on is what you are seeing are companies that we're working with and our coaches, like what are the results that we're getting because of this work? Like sort of why should companies be motivated to want to, to, to do this with their employees um, and coaches as well? I know that's what this whole podcast is about. So <laughs> listeners might have a sense of that already, but if you could just restate. Yeah, that. no, a- absolutely. You know, it, it's interesting because there's a great, there's a great amount of work that people in our space have done to advance productivity and, and individual performance. Um, but it's interesting because um, many companies these days, nine out of 10 will have resilience, employee well-being or some derivative of that as a top initiative. The problem is, as we talk with leaders in HR, is they don't know how to necessarily tie it to business results. So it's being pushed down in the organization and HR organizations, and ultimately it ends up as like an employee benefit and seen as an expense because it doesn't tie to high-level initiatives. I mean, let's be honest. CEOs, COOs, executives... Um, they're on the hook for results, right? Revenue or decreased expenses, ultimately profitability. And so even though they know like, okay, this is something that the workforce is saying is important, the, the, the data clearly shows we're at unprecedented levels in stress. Being able to tie that to hitting this month's revenue or this quarter's revenue or this quarter's profitability isn't necessarily there, right? And I totally understand that. I totally understand that challenge. And so our challenge and our opportunity in working with HR leaders is being able to see like, no, actually, underneath resilience, what, what, what we opened up with are the actions 
that absolutely impact your organization in positive ways and drive higher revenue and decrease expenses. This isn't soft. We have hard data right. to be able to link that. And in fact, from our own data, what we see from the heart rate variability data, the hard data coming from uh, folks' uh, uh, watches, if you will, we're seeing on average of about 15% of stress, but our typical results are 30, 20 to 30%, as you've heard on the podcast that come through. And it, it makes so much sense, though, when you step back and, and think about it. When someone's able to see very clearly, here's what the root cause of my stress is versus the way we came up, uh, Jamie, which is just accept aggregate stress. You're stressed out. You have a stressful job, right? Right. And then you find negative and positive coping mechanisms. You're able to get surgically and say, wow, I didn't realize that, um, you know, my commute, or dealing with this difficult person that I just ignored had this sizable of an impact on my stress. And when we're able to show that or see that, but more importantly, the actions behind it, that's why we're seeing the results that we're seeing and very quickly. From measurement to coaching, we're seeing these results within two weeks. That's amazing. And and what I hear when you when you talk about this, Ed, and what my mind goes to is just thinking it's just empowerment. Right. Like when you understand at such a surgical level what is happening, you can do something about it. Like I have two small kids. I'm in grad school. I work this job, you know, a friend's family. I'm a daughter, wife. Yeah. Like stress is everywhere. How sometimes if I look at it, that big picture, what could I possibly do to change it? I have no idea. But when I can get as surgical as, two o'clock every Thursday, uh, if I'm stressed, then I can do something about it. I can change it. And that's, that's such a wonderful feeling to have as an individual. No, you're so right on that, Jamie. And, and I want, I am going to flip it on you here toward the end. <laughs> I am going to ask okay. you Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, talking a little bit more about that is very interesting because early on, um, one of our, our users, um, she was a very, uh, she was a, you know, an executive, very, busy uh, professional uh, mother um, who was also responsible for ensuring that her kids and her family are ready for their days. And what she found insightful, that was incredibly insightful, was that time before her workday had a sizable impact on her stress mm. levels throughout the day, right? And what she found was, was wow, like, she knew it was chaotic. She like, goes part for the course, right? With family um, but she didn't know the impact it was having on her. But more importantly, how she was showing up in the workplace, right? When she was hearing feedback around being disengaged or distracted, she was able to make those adjustments, right? Where she would add 15 minutes. But more importantly, the conversation, like some of the techniques that we teach as our core content with peers, to have that conversation with their significant other around how do we balance this load a little bit more, right? And just based on those alone, I believe she had like a 30% drop in stress. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was going to say that story resonated with me so much. Um, and I think would resonate with a lot of women out there because to I recognize this in myself and my own data that um, sometimes before I even started my work day, I'd already had two or three hours of level four, one to four level stress. <laughs> Which means like yeah. sometimes when I show up at work, I'm already a little crispy um, and maybe not in the best headspace to, uh, 
<laughs> well, not in the best headspace to be like, yes, how can I help you? Because I've already helped tiny humans for, for uh, you know, three hours prior. But uh, again, like her ability to go have those conversations and see that that to me, that's that's power. Like that's that's what we want. Most companies want their employees to be able to do. Yeah, totally. And Jamie, I would love to share with you a, a story. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm going to share with you a story. You know, I think is actually uh, yeah, very interesting, even for myself, right? We've been close to this and I would love to hear, you know, your, your transformation with Pulse as well, right? Because it's one of those things where it looks good on paper. It makes sense from the research perspective. But when you see it impacting like real lives, that's when it comes to life. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's impacted. It's had a lot of aha moments, even for me. And I'm like so close to it. But one of the ones I want to share with you, you know, is this. Um, Pulse has helped change my relationship with stress and stress as it pertains to my job and role. So what I mean by that is this, you know, the last couple of years have been tough, right? We're in the pandemic. You know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of uncertainty. I took over and Jamie, you've been my key partner right when the pandemic hit. And there's been (laughs) a lot of, right. And, you know, for a while there, it was one of those things where I would constantly things come up and I'm like, Oh, come on. Right. Like, again, like, why do, why do I have to, why, why am I dealing with this? Why can't we just have like wins? Right. And these type of things. So what Pulse actually really helped me with, to be honest with you, was having that skill set, that confidence to be able to say, that's, that's first off, it's acknowledgement. That's my job, right? That's business. If, we were, if we were robots or sorry, if it was that easy, then robots could do our job, but it's not. Let's just be honest, right? It deals with right. people, it deals with complexities. Chat GPT can tell us a lot about things that exist, but not necessarily things that are in the moment and complexities you have to unfold with deep context, right? And that's why we as humans are leaders, right? And so it was one, that acknowledgement of like stress or issues, if you will. But number two was having the confidence to know like, this is what's happening. But I have the tools to do something about it. And so what Pulse really did was help change my relationship with stress to where I'm like, okay, today we're going to have some opportunities and some challenges. But as long as we put the work in, we know we're going to come out the other side in a positive way. So yeah. my question back to you, Jamie, is <laughs> <laughs> talk a little bit about your journey because I know it's been, you've been one of our biggest advocates and users since day one. Yeah. So you know, as you mentioned at the top, I've been with Fierce a really long time. And one of the reasons is because I'm so passionate about this content and the work we do. And I have selfishly benefited personally and professionally from the skill set that Fierce has provided me, you know, the ability to, to have difficult conversations and grow teams and make good decisions. That's all been a perk of working for Fierce and working at Fierce and being a leader at a company that sells leadership development is like next level. Like they're, they expect your teams and the company expects a lot of from you. And what Pulse did for me and what I recognized when we started to do this work was I was not as self-aware as I thought I was. And I often had tons of misplaced stress. Like that was like my big aha, like, holy smokes, I thought that I was upset about one thing or that this one thing was the cause of my stress. But what I love is inside the app, you can tag things 
And so you're constantly kind of building patterns and trend lines, right? You're constantly seeing what is this reoccurring thing that keeps popping up week over week for yourself. And I learned, you know, even within like a first couple months, I learned that I'm the type of person that really needs to understand why I'm coming to a meeting or what what I expect to get out of that meeting. I learned that I'm someone who has a very strong emotional reaction initially. Like it is, I'm I'm Latina, so it comes in hot pretty fast. But then to your point, putting the pieces together around that self-awareness and that action that I have have been able to do has changed my relationship. And it's changed my relationship with my tween daughter, probably the the biggest, because that is self-awareness and that insight has been so valuable to be able to recognize when I'm having an emotional response and when I'm and when I'm stressed because of it. Um, So there's been tons of benefit both personally and professionally. And I think like you can be someone who's really dedicated to doing this work and being even choosing a career. And then a tool like Pulse comes along and really humbles you because, wow, you're not, (laughs) there's a lot more work to be done in just understanding. But that's why I say like, it's really empowerment because at the end of the day, sometimes I would feel overwhelmed. Like you were saying, like work is tough. You know, we have a business is challenging. We're coming out of the pandemic. There's so much going on in the world. I'm raising kids and it can feel like, what am I going to do? What's the step I take here? Right. How do I move forward? And it can feel so overwhelming that sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to maybe do anything. I'm just going to, you know, sit in my stress or be frustrated or angry or sit in that emotion. And instead, by being able to really see, here are the things that are reoccurringly stressing me out. And usually, like you said earlier in the interview, usually they're, they're misunderstandings. They're, they're not they're not these huge stressors. They're like these micro stressors that are just sideswiping my, my energy. Um, And so being able to take action as someone who's a very action oriented person, like being able to do something about it, like that's such a game changer for me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, Jamie. And I just want to commend you. One of the reasons why you're one of our key partners, my key partners um, is because of your growth mindset, right? And wanting to constantly learn and grow. But it's more than just from a skill set perspective. Sorry, it's more than just from a hard skill set perspective. Like, oh, I know marketing. I know digital marketing, which I know we're going to talk about later, right? Um, it's <laughs> right? That's self-awareness, which is key. And so I just want to, again, commend you and thank you again for being on this journey with us and believing in it since day one and your passion around how we take it to the, to the world, right? And uh, with that, I, I would love, Jamie, because, uh, because you just inspired me to talk a little bit about the, uh, like the vision um, of Pulse, because I think that's something that we don't have the opportunity yeah. to always convey. You know, I first want to start with our, where our real opportunity is, is that we have a founder, Susan Scott, who founded Fierce, who's truly, truly very passionate about our, our mission, which is the better the world, one conversation at a time. And because of that, she supported these type of projects that we have to truly make an impact, to disrupt how people improve their lives and their day to day. So what we find with that is that 
90% of the time, the issues are conversation with self or other others. Sorry. So we use this word conversations, but it's really how you successfully interact in your world with, with other people, right? And mm-hmm. we use conversations because we advocate that it's con as in with. Because most of the time, as we stated, they're misunderstandings or things that we have a perspective on that the other people doesn't that clearly get cleared up when we engage in this conversation and rich relationships. So our vision is very clear. There's so many people out there that are doing impactful things to make people become better leaders, better people, better parents, and so on and so forth. We see Pulse as being that platform to amplify that. So what I mean by that is this. The biometrics are always going to help you be able to understand what your body is responding to and then move you into, into that why or action. That first step is always going to be conversation with self or others, but then what next? And so the vision is that Pulse is able to connect and pull in the re- relevant content or resources or intervention for the people in the moment they need it. So a simple example is um, one of the biggest pain points for people in their personal lives is around finances, especially these days with inflation and housing and everything else that's going on. Fruit. And so, fruit. Yeah. <laughs> the that, cost of fruit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh goodness yeah like seriously (laughs) yeah it starts adding up too i was pretty amazed the other day when i was looking at some uh receipts i was like wow okay (laughs) this is incredible and it adds up (laughs) it does i used to not think kids are expensive now i'm like kids are very expensive (laughs) yes so let's take the simple example of finances which is the number one kind of pain point or worry if you will in people's personal lives so where does it start? It starts with, again, as we're saying, that self-awareness. Every time I think about my finances or when I look at, you know, my bank statements or talking about significant other around things that are needed in the house or children or whatever happens to be, my stress level goes very high, right? So what's behind that? It's that acknowledgement that, you know, there is an issue or a problem is that self-awareness acknowledgement. Then number two is conversation with self and your significant other saying, you know, we really have to look at this. You know, I know we've been managing through it, but I'm, I'm continuing to respond in a certain way. Like we need help. Right. And so that's where our platform or our solution brings people. And then once that action of we need to work together to solve this or something needs to change, then it's what next? Well, many employers, as we know, Jamie, they've invested in employee assistant programs that include free hours or discounted hours with uh, financial advisors. And so Pulse directly connects with that to make it very easy. You don't have to scramble for a number or do I have this benefit? Do I not have this benefit? Or I don't know what to do. It's like right there. And that's one simple example of, you know, how Pulse can be utilized to help other, sorry, in that next step. Um, another simple example is uh, public presentations. So someone new in their career, high potential, um, maybe didn't have to give presentations to large audiences before they knew it was coming, but they're still having a response to it. So where their manager might expect them to already be ready to go, they might not necessarily be ready to go, nor have they brought in a company to give everyone these skill sets. So knowing that the conversation is with their boss to be able to say, you know, I know there's expectations for me to give these presentations. I'm not ready. I need help. In which case the manager, and we know this, isn't going to say, oh, maybe I didn't hire the right person. <laughs> He's not going to say that. Right. He's going to say, right. awesome, this is great. Right. 
we know what you need. Let's get you what you need, right? And that's when you're able to pull in content from some of the other great people that have specialized. So Jamie, I know yeah. we've talked a lot about this as well. Anything deeply about this as well. Maybe you can provide us some examples. Yeah, I mean, I think so talking to uh, we had the opportunity to go to the Sherm conference in Las Vegas in June and so many amazing HR representatives there um, just really trying to find the best op- uh, solutions and continue their own learning for their organizations. And something that came up time and time again was, you know, we offer EAPs um, and they go underutilized, right? They, you know, we have all of these amazing benefits and they're already not being used by their employees. And you and I have talked about this. One of the challenges, and again, it goes back to self-awareness. Maybe I don't know that I need that benefit. (laughs) Like maybe I'm not aware of how impacting the financial, my finances are causing me stress. And human beings, we generally don't take action on something that we we don't understand or aren't clear on how the um, it's impacting us. So for companies, it's really about helping make that connection. It, it it's it's kind of what we're trying to really like. You talked about at the start. We're really trying to help organizations be with their employees when they need that support the most. And so if I am um, consistently seeing week after week that the my finances are causing me stress. And then I can just immediately connect with someone who can help me a resource that is already being provided for my company. We also see Ed um, in our data and our results that cohesion and our view of the companies are the users who are going through their view of their organizations increase and go up as well, as well as their sense of cohesion, because they feel like the companies are there for them, helping them out when they need them. And I know talking to so many HR reps, that's what they want. They want to be there for their employees. That's why they choose this line of work. Uh, so it's just it's just leveraging the technology at our fingertips to do that work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for that, Jamie. And then that also uh, brings up um, <clears throat> to answer your, your prior question around the evolution of uh, Pulse, right? So, you know, we talked about the vision and where we want to go. And, you know, we know the data is there, right? It works. It absolutely works very quickly. And so with that, one of the connection points that we, we saw when we were doing our betas was using a live coach, right? That wasn't the initial incarnation to use live coaching, but we did that because from a data perspective, we wanted to control for variables, right? So um, sometimes someone's using the platform, you don't know, that, that, uh, necessarily what pathways are go, they're using to get to their resolution. So we sent us to introduce a coach. And that's what we saw just absolutely amazing uh, uh, results. And what we're finding now too, as we talk with organizations is they know coaching works. So of course it works because you're talking with a person who's giving people tailored solutions of what they're dealing with. The issue though happens where if people aren't self-aware, they're going five, six, seven coaching sessions right. where they're not necessarily getting down the root issue that they need to. And even then, it's the perception of the issue. My boss, my significant other, this is the problem. This is what we need to work on. And the coach will work on that with them. But that, not, might, not, that might not be in the data shows the, um, the, the real stress that you know, they're dealing with. Nor does everyone need 10 coaching sessions to solve what they're going through. As I mentioned before, maybe an individual is feeling really stressed out because of the expectations around public 
presentations that they've always struggled with. They don't need 10 coaching sessions. They need a provider who knows how to prep them with those skills. Maybe one coaching session to determine that, which is what we do with Pulse, and then give them the other interventions they need, right? Right. So that's what we've been using this as, is kind of like that triage, if you will, in that first coaching session, and then being able to provide people with what they need next. And that's what the in-app AI bot is also meant to do um, as well, to be able to make sure that we're using the limited resources that organizations have for their employees in the most effective and impactful manner. The way that I talk about it sometimes, and I'm curious if you would agree with this, it's it's just efficiency, right? Like we hear this a lot. It's we all want to be more efficient. We nobody wants to nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, I just can't wait to waste my time today, right? That's not generally how we, we're hardwired. And so these small um heuristics and efficiencies help us to be to really get the results we're after. And I think that has says that offers a lot of, again, empowerment for individuals. Absolutely. So my last question for you, Ed, my very, very last question is that <laughs> we've been talking about uh, individuals and the power that we're empowering individuals. But I would love for you to actually talk about the dashboards we create for companies because we can aggregate all this data up of individuals and help companies also become more self-aware and emotionally intelligent because um, they are a collection of individuals. So I'd love for you to talk about that just a little bit before we wrap up. Awesome question, Jamie. You're doing such an amazing job. I actually think you should take over as host. Of all the <laughs> no, no, no. Stuff. You're good. You're good. You're a great. You're a great host. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's let's break that up into two pieces because I do think that um, there's two. Um, pieces to what Pulse enables from a data perspective that I've shown to be very powerful. One is an extension of what we just talked about with coaching. Um, I want to explore that a little bit more. So again, as I mentioned before, um, coaches go into their coaching session, they're reliant upon, you know, what the coachee is willing to share or what they're self-aware about and what they need to solve for. What Pulse does is the coach themselves walk into those sessions with the same biometric insights and data as the coachee. And so many times what we find is that the coachee saying, I hear you talking about this, Jamie. However, your data shows every time you interface with Ed, your stress <laughs> is spiking, especially around these topics, what's happening there. And in essence, what we're doing is, and this is the reason why we're also showing the, the results that we're doing is we're taking people away from the safe zone, which we all go to. It's just a human natural characteristic and pulling you down in the uncomfortable zone that when addressed is going to have the most outsizable impact uh, to you individually, as well as the organizations and the objectives you're trying to achieve. And so that those dashboards are just absolutely incredible in the insights and do giving the coaches the ability to do their jobs in the most impactful way, right? So it's a win-win right. for the coaches, the individuals, and the organizations. Secondly, we don't share individual data with any organization. We do, however, roll the data up into an aggregate score, which is a derivative that we call our um, resilience score, our proprietary resilience score. And what you're able to do with that score is you're able to see patterns in a predictive way versus a, a lag or reactive way. 
So what I mean by that is organizations right now are struggling with a lot of stuff. It's a, a unprecedented time for stress, as we talked about. So when someone turns over, that's a lag indicator. That's too late. They already, you already lost high potentials that you were trying to and, and key resources you're trying to recruit. Toxicity in your organization, which is also at all time high, is a lag or a reactive effect to something that's happening in your culture upstream, right? And so what our score is able to do is it's able to show differences or changes in stress levels, for lack of, lack of a better term, in your organization, but more importantly, to be able to segment it by certain demographics, right? Why is this department over here seeing a significant uptick? It always comes back to the leadership. Something's happening in the organization. We need to check in, right? You know there's a problem there. And what we're finding as well is organizations today, there's still two high initiatives that they're trying to solve for. One is around DEI. The research shows that good DEI practices, right, does have a bottom line results. They care about these populations, but typically it's more, again, from a reactive perspective. We invested in DEI training, we invested in unconscious bias, we invested in microaggressions, but yet we're still seeing that our retention rates in these populations are low or something else, right? We're actually able to show the differences in those populations with non-populations. So the data shows, Jamie, as you're aware, that people of color, the ENI populations, already have higher stress levels in the workplace. That's known, Mm -hmm. research is well-documented. You would expect that if your initiatives are working, at a minimum, that differential would stay the same, but hopefully come a little bit closer together. You would not expect it to go the opposite way. But we're able to show that in real time. And with, with again, the keyword being action, what do you do about it tomorrow if you care about these initiatives? And same thing with uh, work remote versus in office. It's the pendulum has swung many times over the past few years. But at the end of the day, as we've been advocating, Jamie, as you know, if your leaders have the right skill sets, it doesn't matter if you're physically together, remote, hybrid, whatever. You have the skill sets to be able to have the right conversations that drive the results and be able to drill down into what's happening in real time. So us being able to show those differentials against those populations is where one of the key data enablement is coming out of our solution. Love that. Love some good data. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, those are the questions that I had for you, Ed. Thanks for letting me hop on to the podcast and steal the host spot and put you in the hot seat and make you answer lots of questions. Um, I've had the pleasure of having these conversations with you now in this is you as a CEO for three years. And uh, I love it. So thank you. And thanks for having me as your guest. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. You did a wonderful job and we're going to have to have you back on. If you don't want to take the permanent position, that's totally fine. <laughs> but as a special guest host, we have a couple of studies coming up around some of the topics that we discussed that I think you do a wonderful job at helping us uh, drive. So looking forward to having you back. Thank you for tuning into the Pulse Experience podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of wellness technology and biometric-led coaching that changes lives. If you're interested in experiencing Pulse for yourself and working with one of our expert coaches, please click the link in the description below. Until next time, thank you.